The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh. I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. It is our last episode for 2019, and what's that What's that noise up on the roof do I hear? It's it's up on the housetop. Click, click, click. It's Annie Weebs. Well, it's not me on the housetop because I am too pregnant to squeeze my big butt down the chimney, but it is Annie Weebs. How's it going, Shea Bay? I don't want you to fall off the roof if you are up there. You are You are ready to have child. I look like Santa Claus right now, that's for sure. But you, you look like it, the vir- well, except for the beard. The, you look no like beard. the Virgin Mary, ready to birth the Christ. <laughs> oh, that's, ter- that's a terrible analogy. Why is that a terrible analogy? It's Christmas time. It is it's Christmas time. It's the most time. wonderful time of the year. That's well, yeah, next to Halloween, but that's okay. We enjoy both. So, guys, we're back after coming off of a very long episode. Uh, a week and a half ago. If you didn't hear it, we had Connor Randall from Hellier on, and it was a great episode. We had so much fun sitting down talking about that wormhole of weirdness, and we probably could have made the episode probably lasted eight hours. I mean, I could have made it like nine parts because there's so much to go into that. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. A big thank you to Connor Randall for coming on the show, talking to us, and the whole crew that has uh, done the documentary Hellier because it is incredible, and props to them because they bridged some gap there like it i said bridge Another i did bridge. i saw that they created a gateway yeah so if you guys haven't checked out hell you're check it out if you haven't heard the interview with connor randall check that out it's available now so what are we doing today annie this is it this is the final episode it's coming down to the end we're on the uh, brink of 2020 right now and we're about ready to have a child 
we are indeed. I'm about ready to have a child. Yeah, you're, you're just going to yeah. be on the receiving end of that child. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there ready to catch like uh, <laughs> like uh, like Devonte Adams from you a, will. Like an Aaron Rodgers pass. That's Let's true. Call you Aaron Rodgers. Oh, good. Annie, Annie Rodgers. That's perfect. So the stories that we are covering tonight, Shade. This is one of my favorite things to do. Oh yes, this yes, time it is. of the year. Last year at this time, I was still doing live radio, and I did this show for the very first time. And you know that even though it's Christmas, we got to keep it creepy. And I'm pretty sure I was the co-host on that episode, too. Yeah, I, I believe I was. I think you I were. Laughed, I laughed the whole episode. It's so good. So tonight's episode, our final episode of 2019, we are calling Ho Ho Horror. Yeah, Ho Ho Horror. You know, it's it's kind of a, a funny take. It's a, a good way to end the year. We didn't want to bum you guys out right before Christmas, so this is going to be our take on our Christmas episode entitled Ho Ho Horror. It's a little creepy, it's a little fun, it's going to be a lot of laughs, so we hope you guys enjoy it. Have you ever heard the Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, a classic by Andy Williams? Oh, yes, of course. You know I have. So you know at one point in the song, they talk about the scary ghost stories, right? Yep. So this used to be a part of Christmas tradition, was to get together and tell scary ghost stories. And wherever that tradition got lost, it makes me super sad because I wish that we still did that to this you day. You know, we probably should. We should start that as a new tradition with Grace and Rory. Let's do it. Starting next Christmas. That's perfect. We got, yeah, we got too much stuff going on. So we'll creep Christmas. our kids out on Christmas Eve, put them to bed and be like, listen, if you don't go to sleep right now, Santa Claus is turning Jacob into Jacob Marley's going to come get you. Yes. Okay. But do you know the actual origins of Christmas? You know I do. I know that you do, but we want to cover that so that everybody else can hear it I mean, it too. no, no, I don't. Will you please tell me? Please. I will. Okay. So even though Christmas has the biblical inclinations that everybody knows about, there are actually a lot of pagan rituals that kind of fed into hmm. the traditions. Just like Halloween. So let's go back to the mid-17th century with a Puritan leader named Oliver Cromwell. Oliver Cromwell 
was Lord Protector of England in the mid-17th century and actually tried to abolish the celebration of Christmas. As he argued, nowhere in the Bible does it tell Christians to celebrate Christ's birth on the 25th of December, nor does it mention any holy day other than the Lord's Sabbath. On top of that, the 25th of December was not an arbitrary choice for early Christians. Rather, it was selected because of its connection with pagan festivals like Yule and Sol Invictus, which was the birthday of the unconquered sun, both of which commemorated the winter solstice or the longest night of the year. The festival celebrated the death of light and its subsequent rebirth the following day. It was for the obvious symbolic connotations that early Christians adopted dates significant to pagan Roman and Northern Europeans. Isn't it funny that when you get all these big holidays that are supposed to commemorate like God or Christianity, it all stems from paganism and then they get they get mad that, that they don't want to follow pagan rituals, but they, they celebrate well, there's these so, holidays yeah, that started out as There's pagan so much rituals. ritual behind a lot of these traditions and you just don't realize it until you start reading into the history of it. I mean, everything's got to come from somewhere, but I just find it funny that how sometimes some Christians are just so anti-pagan rituals and all the other stuff, but don't realize that. Some hey of it guys, is pagan. It came from the pagans. Some of it did. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So, in addition to being the longest night of the year, the winter solstice was also traditionally held to be the most haunted due to its association with the death of the sun and light. It was the one night of the year when the barrier between the worlds of the living and the deceased is the thinnest. Well, you said the magic word, haunted. Haunted. On Christmas Eve, ghosts could walk the earth and finish unsettled business as exemplified by the apparition of Marley in Charles Dickens' Christmas masterpiece. Think about that. That's all about ghosts and the thinning of the veil. The Victorian Christmas celebration, which drew heavily on pagan symbols like Yule Logs, Holly Berries, and Father Christmas himself also embraced the winter holiday's association with the supernatural to create some of its most popular annual traditions. Papa Gijot! I knew you were going to throw that in there somewhere. We couldn't have done this episode without that. So Shay, do you want to talk about some of the most popular Christmas traditions and characters that you may or may not have ever heard of. You know that I do. Sip your little bubbly. Annie's always got to have a seltzer water when she's sitting here doing podcasts. Hashtag pregnant and parched. Okay, so who do you think we're going to talk about first? Um, Krampus. We are going to talk about Krampus. We watched that movie the other day, <sighs> the new version. What? It was terrible. It's very terrible. It's very terrible, but it's fun. What, what does he call his grandma, the little kid? What does he call her? Oh, I think it's Omi. Omi, that's right. I think Omi. it's Omi, which Omi, is actually... Omi, No, that's not, not <laughs> at all how he said it. So, in Central European folklore, Krampus is a horned figure described as half goat, half demon, who, during the Christmas season, punishes children who have misbehaved in contrast with St. Nicholas, who rewards the well-behaved with gifts. Krampus is one of the companions of St. Nicholas in several regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Northern Italy, just to name a few. The origin of the figure is unclear. 
some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated that it had pre-Christian origins. In traditional parades and events, such as Krampuslof or the Krampus run, Krampuslof, Krampuslof, young men dressed as Krampus participate. Such events occur annually in mostly alpine towns. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards and called Krampus Karten. So they dress up as Krampus and run. Apparently. That'd be sweet. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a bunch of guys with like big <laughs> horns. And the, like, you know, we talked about that movie, how he's all weird and has this big hunchback. And it would be terrifying as a child, I guess. But fun if you're an adult. Yeah. Drunk and running as Krampus. So do you want to know what Krampus looks like, Shay? Yes. If you didn't already know. So there seems to be little doubt as to his true identity, for in no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of the witches so well preserved. So let's talk about some of the little details of Krampus. He usually carries a birch stick. Birch, apart from its phallic significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens. He also carried chains, which have been introduced in a Christian attempt to, quote, bind the devil, but again, they could be remnant of pagan initiation rites as well. Shocker. So this guy is basically a big horned goat witch carrying birch sticks and chains and scaring the life out of children. The Krampus figures persist, and by the 17th century, Krampus has been incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with St. Nicholas. So it's almost like the angel and the devil. You had Krampus, who was meant to really scare the children, and St. Nicholas, who was meant to be the kind of good fairy to bring all the happiness. Not to be be a a a-hole, but kind of like heaven and hell. Heaven's meant to make you feel good about yourself. And hell's made to make you, you know, you were a bad boy. You, you're going to go to hell. Kind of, exactly, yeah. But, so that doesn't even make sense. Why would they have a naughty list then? Why would Santa be checking if you're naughty or nice? Does he give the naughty kids to Krampus? Maybe he gave that naughty list to Krampus. No, but does he just say, yeah, these are the kids. Go get them. Maybe. Ooh, that's, ooh. So apparently. Santa's uh, kind of an asshole. Maybe he was. <laughs> <laughs> He was the angry brother of Krampus, who was getting all the attention in the 1700s. So it wasn't Fred Claus. It was not Fred Claus. (laughs) A lot of countries, though, began to feel like Krampus may have not been the best way to uh, celebrate Christmas, probably because of Christian traditions. In the aftermath of the 1923 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Christian Social Party. In the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled, quote, Krampus is an evil man. <laughs> I didn't think he was a man. I thought he was a goat. <laughs> I thought he was a, yeah, a beast of some short sort. Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and still continues today. So do you know when Krampus uh, kind of like makes his appearance? I'm going to say Christmas Eve. How about Krampusnacht. 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 Which is, which means Krampus night. Oh, I was going to thought it was boogers. No, it's Krampus night. The feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated in parts of Europe on December the 6th. On the preceding evening of December the 5th, Krampus night or Krampusnacht, the wicked hairy devil appears on the streets. 
Sometimes accompanying St. Nicholas and sometimes on his own, Krampus visits homes and businesses. The saint usually appears in the eastern rite, and he carries a golden ceremonial staff. Unlike North American versions of Santa Claus, in these celebrations, St. Nicholas concerns himself with only the good children, while Krampus is responsible for the bad. Nicholas dispenses gifts, while Krampus supplies coal and rootin' bundles. <laughs> rootin' bundles. What are rootin' bundles? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know? It's like bundles of sticks. Oh. Yeah. So So basically, he just gives the kids garbage. <laughs> Coal and <laughs> what would the modern day equivalent be though? Here you go. Here's a pile of tin cans. Coal or... and coal and sticks. Go Here, build go a fire have, somewhere. Go ahead kid. and have my leftover fish. Here you go. Yeah, coal and sticks. Let's just go build a fire while all these other good kids are playing with their toys. Here, here's some apple cores. You little shit. You should have been better. <laughs> Next year, be good. Get whole apples. Do you imagine that deal? Like you're the you're lined up on the street and Santa and Saint Nick walks right by you and you're like, oh. Oh, I guess I was bad. Oh man, I thought I was good. That would be the worst feeling as a kid ever. Yeah. You would, you're, you would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the bundle called again? A rootin bundle. Rootin bundle. Rootin. <laughs> okay, so Ro- it, rotten. Ro- maybe. Ooh. Ooh, there you go. There you go. A rotten bundle. Okay, so if Krampus comes over and hands you a sack full of coal and some sticks, what should you do to make him happy? Make fire. No, not make fire. <laughs> you got to give him booze. Oh, Krampus. Boo. Oh, then he'd be in luck coming to our house. Krampus apparently loves schnapps, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> it's like South Park. Remember that episode of South Park where they get the peach schnapps? <laughs> they're all drinking the peach schnapps. Is it peach schnapps? It's some kind of schnapps, and they're doing like the, the Civil War reenactments, and they actually think they're doing it, and the kids keep them drunk, so they keep keep <laughs> reenacting the Civil War. <laughs> Well, I guess that's what you do with Krampus as well, because if he gets angry, then you're supposed to give him schnapps, which is like a candied brandy to uh, to make him happy. What can we? I just got the best idea. Can we open a distillery and call it Krampus Schnapp? Yeah, we can call it Krampus Schnapp, and you can have your first shop be a rootin' bundle. What? Oh, we got to scratch that part out of the podcast so nobody takes my idea. That ain't happening. Copyright. Krampus schnapps. Okay, so talking about the bundles again, they actually have a deeper meaning. Any guesses? Um, uh, does it have to do with like witches being burned in bundles of fire or bundles of sticks? No, not really. Okay, so the rootin bundles are presented by Krampus to families. The twigs are painted gold and displayed year-round in the house, a reminder to any child who has temporarily forgotten Krampus. In smaller, more isolated villages, the figure has other beastly companions too, such as the antlered wild man, and St. Nicholas is nowhere to be seen. So the sticks are kind of like placed around the house all year long. It's like, oh man, Krampus has been back again. Why don't you just beat your kid's ass? He's like that creepy elf on the shelf that appears magically after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Elf on the shelf. Yeah, Yeah. that's terrible. Like watching you from everywhere. I seen one, our friend Matt Fioli, the other day. He posted a picture of elf on the shelf, and uh, he was on his knees, and Negan was behind him ready to take him out. (laughs) That's great. Props to you, Matt Fioli. Props to you, Fioli. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. Okay, one final note about 
Krampus. Good. I'm glad we're not getting super into Krampus because 50 million people do. Everybody Krampus. knows Krampus, right? Everybody does. But Krampus. one little tidbit that I thought was funny. Shay, what is one thing that we kind of traditionally do every year that you send to your family at Christmas? Um, um, uh, fruitcake? No, not fruitcake <laughs> and not booze. What about a Christmas card? Oh, yeah. Christmas card. Yeah. I don't, I don't send those out. Sorry. Okay. Well, there was a form of Christmas card that portrayed Krampus and they call him Krampus Carton. Krampus Carton. Krampus Carton. bundle Krampus Carton. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the 1800s, sometimes introduced with Grub vom Krampus or greetings from Krampus. The cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. He is also shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. In some, Krampus has sexual overtones. He is pictured pursuing buxom women. Over time, the representation of Krampus in the cards has changed. Older versions have a more frightening Krampus, while the modern versions have a cuter, more Cupid-like creature. So he also has his own greeting cards. Sweet. It's a real Hallmark version yeah, of a, a, of a Christmas f- card there. <laughs> Could you imagine getting a Krampus a Krampus carton? We should, I kind of wish we that we should, did. Yeah, we should probably start those. That's a really good idea, I guess we'll do that too. next year. We'll just start making Krampus cartons. So and, many new Christmas traditions for our children. And rootin' bundles. Rootin' bundles. You gotta paint them gold. Krampus carton and Krampus schnapp. See that gold stick up there? That's remind you that you better be good or Krampus is going to come get you and I'm going to beat your ass with it. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing that with Rory. He's just kidding, baby. Okay, so we've talked about Krampus, the most well-known. Moving on, there are other creatures that are associated with Christmas and the winter season and the solstice. Shay, would you like to talk about them? (laughs) Yes, Annie. I would love to talk about them since it is Christmas time. Have you ever heard of Gryla? Gryla? Gryla. Uh, yeah, I've heard of Gryla. Yeah, I have. Uh, I believe Gryla is a gigantic cat. No. Oh. Close. Associated. Okay. So Gryla is a mythical giantess living in the mountains of Iceland. Not even close to a cat. A giantess. Most of the stories told about Gryla were to frighten bad children. Gryla was not directly linked to Christmas until the 17th century, by that time, she had become the mother of the Yule Lads. Yes, the Yule Lads. You guys are in for a treat with the Yule Lads. Are we going to talk about the Yule Lads? We are going to talk oh, about sweet. the Yule Lads. Gryla has the ability to detect children who are misbehaving year-round. During Christmas time, she comes from the mountains to search nearby towns for her meal. She leaves her cave and hunts for the children. <laughs> She only eats bad kids. <laughs> she devours children as her favorite snack. Her favorite dish is a stew of naughty children for which she has an insatiable <laughs> appetite. According to legend, there is never a food shortage for Gryla. <laughs> naughty soup. <laughs> Gryla's naughty soup. I have so many ideas for opening this bar and grill that we're going to do now, Krampus shop. Actually, that would be a great... No, you could have all this stuff on the menu. It would be perfect. Gryla's naughty soup. According to folklore, Gryla has been married three times. Her third husband is said to be living with her in the cave 
in the lava fields with a big black Yule cat and their sons. As Christmas approaches, Gryla sets off looking for naughty boys and girls. The Gryla legend has appeared in many stories, poems, songs, and plays in Iceland, and sometimes Gryla actually dies at the end of the story, although they don't say how they kill her. So Shay, a few minutes ago, you said you were talking about the cat, right? Yeah. The Yule cat is a monster from Icelandic folklore, a huge and vicious cat said to lurk about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eat people who have not received any new clothes to wear <laughs> for Christmas Eve. <laughs> I got a book for Christmas. Oh, you're screwed. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. You're because not... Gryla's angry cat, the Yule cat, is going to come eat you because your clothes are too shredded. <laughs> That's true. This is all true. Your the... parents are cheap asses and got you a pencils so now you're you're, you're screwed you're gonna so get now eaten. you're gonna die you may have been good all year but you didn't get new clothes so uh, sorry the threat of being eaten by the yule cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before christmas oh i see the ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes but those who did not would get nothing and thus would be preyed upon by the monstrous cat the cat has alternatively been interpreted as merely eating away the food of ones without the new clothes during Christmas feast. So he could just come eat your food or he might eat you if you are not well-dressed for Christmas Talk dinner. about a Christmas bonus. Hey, you better finish this or, you know, that your cat's, cat's going to get you. Krylo's cat's going to eat you. Not to be confused with uh, He-Man's cat, Battle Cat. Battle Cat. On Eternia, but... No, this not is the to, Yule Cat. No. And I've seen postcards of the Yule Cat too. And he's it's just this huge black cat that towers over these people. It's it's hilarious. Are they wearing ragged clothes in the in the corner? Yeah, they usually look kind of raggedy. It's hilarious. All right, Shay. So Gryla is living in her cave with her third husband. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the first two. Uh, she probably ate them, or they probably realized, like Gryla, you, you got you you eat too many kids. I mean, this is this is a problem. This stew is the worst. This what do you, the what worst did you have in there? Stew, and it's I mean, you you hunt kids. I mean, that's like that's not it's frowned upon, especially nowadays. But she's also got her Yule lads with her in the cave. Shay, you've heard of the Yule Lads, right? Oh, God, yes. I can't wait. So the Yuletide Lads, or the Yule Lads, or called the Yulemen, are figures from Icelandic folklore portrayed as being mischievous pranksters, but who have in modern times also been depicted as taking on a more benevolent role similar to Santa Claus. Their number has varied over time, but currently there are considered to be 13. They put rewards or punishments into shoes placed by children on windowsills during the last 13 nights before Yule or Christmas. So do we know if all 13 children came from the same guy? Is this from the third guy? Is this from the second husband? Like, do we know? Do Who we that baby a... daddy is? I don't, we know. don't know. Who that Yule lad daddy is? <laughs> we don't know. Who was laying down that Yule log? <laughs> That's what I want to know. We're not sure. <laughs> We're going to need to run some DNA testing on the Yule lads. Nobody knows where they came from. So every night, one Yuletide lad visits each child, leaving gifts or rotting potatoes in their shoes, <laughs> depending on the child's behavior throughout the year. You got a rotten potato. 
you either got candy or you got rotten potatoes in your shoes, depending on what... a peppermint stick or a rotten tomato or potato. Yeah, depending on how good you'd been, then the the Yule lads would leave you potatoes or candy. (laughs) Shay, this is always my favorite part of this show. You know, this is my favorite part, too. I know it's your favorite part. I can't stop already laughing. You've not heard this in a year. I know. But we actually have the names... Of all of Gryla's Yule Lad children. And this is the this is the most and, fun part. And the part. definitions of their names. Trying to pronounce them, number one. And then talking about what their English translation of their name is. And the description of what they do. What their little mischievous elven ways are. Okay, so the first one is Stick Jarstar. <laughs> Stick Jarstar. Stick Jarstar. I know I'm not pronouncing these correctly, but it's fun to do it that way. Stokjarstar. Stokjarstar. So his English translation is sheep cl- sheep coat clawed. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means in English. Sheep coat clawed. Sheep coat clawed. He harasses sheep, but is impaired <laughs> by his stiff peg legs. <laughs> this is all true. This is a true story. Have they ever caught this guy? Probably, yeah. Peg legs. He can't run. <laughs> he can't, of course they catch him. So Steck Jarskar, with his stiff peg legs, arrives between December 12th and December 25th. So he's already he's already on his way. And harasses all the sheep. And so if something's wrong with your sheep, it's Steck Jarskar. How does he mess with the sheep? That's what I want to know. Is it something? I don't want to know, actually. No. Stealing Maybe he just wool? runs around with his little peg legs and scares all the sheep. I have no idea. It's like, what's his name from Family Guy? What's his Seamus? What? Seamus, the captain, he's got like peg legs and peg arms. That's exactly where he came from, yes. Okay, so the second one is named Giljagar. 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 Or the Gully Gawk. The gully gawk hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. So <laughs> I want to ask Gryla, like, how did you come up? Did you come up with these names because you saw them doing that? Or when <laughs> gully glock, gully, gully, gully gawk, a gully gawk came out where you're like, yeah, gully gawk, that's his name, gully gawk. I have no idea. <laughs> One of the life's mysteries that we'll probably never know. But Gully Gawk appears between December 13th and December 26th to steal all the milk from your cows. Yep, milk, stealing cows, milk. Number three. Utterly ridiculous. Utterly <laughs> ridiculous. Number three is Stufer or Stubby. Is <laughs> his English name. Stufer. Little Stubby is... Ab- Stewie. Is- my name is Stewie. <laughs> Come on, Annie. Pronounce my name, Stewie. It's Cooip. Stubby. He is abnormally short and steals pans to eat the crust that is left on them. (laughs) Who's not washing their pans, number one? That's what they're shaming you for is having a sink full of dirty dishes. So so he comes and eats the crust out of your pie pan. Do you get candy? I mean, if you have... How does that work? If you have dirty, dirty pots... With pie crust in it, he leaves you candy because he's like, "Oh, I got food, sweet." No, or, he's just a menace. They're kind of like little gremlins. They just but come why in. Why would and, you get mad if he's like, "Oh, he cleaned the pot for me. That's great, thank you." Well, you wouldn't want him to clean it with his weird little stubby tongue. That's weird. Like, well, you got to wash them anyway. That's gross. Bleach those bad boys out. 
Make sure you wash your pots, guys. Come on. This next one is super hard to pronounce, and I'm not even sure what this letter is at the beginning, but Voris Licker <laughs> is going to be my interpretation of it. Voris Licker means spoon liquor. <laughs> he stills wooden spoons with long handles to lick, and he's extremely <laughs> thin due to malnutrition. <laughs> Not enough spoons to go around, apparently. <laughs> What's his name again? Vosh Licker? Voris Licker. Voris Licker. Voris Licker. Mom, can I please have this spoon after you mix the pudding? Yeah, oh, Voris Licker already got it. <laughs> You're he too looked, late. He looked like he needed it. He's a little malnourished. <laughs> the Vorer is actually a type of a wooden spoon with the long handle. So that's where the name comes from. Is It's named after the spoon. So he so doesn't, he, he just likes long wooden spoons, not ladles. It, it means spoon liquor. I don't know. Okay, how about Potaskafel? Potaskafel. That's actually a pretty sweet name. That one's not hard. This one means pot scraper. He steals leftovers from your pots. Basically, that's it. Pot scraper. Pot scraper. Pot scraper, pot smoker. This may be my favorite of all. <laughs> I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> Shay, <laughs> has anyone ever called you an askelicker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you have a couple times. I probably did. <laughs> Askelicker. Askelicker. Let me guess. This means to lick your feet. <laughs> lick your feet. No. The askelicker means bowl licker. Bowl. <laughs> B-O-W-L. Oh, pack those bowls. <laughs> you can lick them out. Pack them. The bowl licker hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their askier which is a type of bowl with a lid used instead of dishes, which he then steals. So he waits for you to put your bowl down, your asker. Hey, go lay your asker down. What if it's your chamber pot? <laughs> oh, ooh. that's yeah, that's a, t- I, a chamber my, pot. Mm-mm. I mean, uh, oh, the t- somebody else has got the chamber pot. I had to pee in my asker. In my asker. My asker or poo in my asker. Yeah. And like, oh, the, the asker liquor. <laughs> He Got stole it. it. That's how he became the Asker Licker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if nobody thinks this is funny. I find this hilarious. It this is, is hilarious. hilarious. It is. And then this is no like disrespect to the origin, the language origin, but it's just funny because the descriptions of what these guys do, it's like, it's just hilarious. Like who came up with this, basically. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It wasn't J.R.R. Tolkien, that's for sure. How about the Herd Askular? Herd Askular? Herd Askular. He is known as the door slammer. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night, waking people up. He just sounds like a really angry spirit. Sounds like ding dong ditch. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So he's up slamming your doors in the middle of the night. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha again. What about Scrygamer? Scrygamer. Scrygamer. What number is this? I don't know. I lost track (laughs) after Askelicker. Scrygamer means skyer gobbler which was a yule lad with a great affinity for skyer which is a form of yogurt so he loves you he's like butters our cat butters loves yogurt she's a yogurt gobbler too loves yogurt you open up annie will open up the yogurt you know it's got the little foil foil cover as soon as that thing starts to peel butter's head pops up and yeah she hears it and she's gigantic and fat so she's like waddle 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 over there 
But she's a, yeah, she's I'm going to start calling her Skurgamer. Skurgamer. Hey, Skurgamer. 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 Hey, Skurgamer. Okay, this next one is also really hard to, to pronounce, but it's really funny. What about the Bujnecker Croker? Bujnecker Croker? There's a B and a J right next to each other. How do you even say that? Bujnecker. BJ? Junek Croker. Kriker is the is the catcher there, right there. This translates to sausage swiper. <laughs> BJ. <laughs> who hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. <laughs> sausage swiper. So he's hanging up in the rafters. Yeah. Like a creep. In your all smoke you house. see is this little like, you know, the he comes down, all you see is the light right across yeah. his like brow, and you see his eyes, and he's just like swipe. Got your sausage. And then he takes your sausage. Got your sausage. These are all hung- very hungry. Yeah. Apparently, Gryla is not like sharing Apparently her kids' soup. Apparently, they don't soup. like kids' soup. They Maybe don't, they like, just not, don't no. like naughty soup. The next is glue goo gadger. Glue gagger. Glue gagger. Which means window peeper. Oh, this is the pervert. This guy's the pervert. This is the perv. He's a guy. Who looks through windows in search of things to steal. I think he's just a peeping Tom. Or he could just be a peeping Tom. Steal your panties. That's exactly right. <laughs> this next one is a weird one too. Gatapeffer. 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 He's the doorway sniffer. He has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate bread. <laughs> that makes it makes no sense. It makes no like, the doorway sniffer. I gotta you, sniff your doorway why are you, and find let your me bread. Smell your doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your doorway. The doorway sniffers come to take them all. Let me smell your doorway. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know what kind of fears the Icelandic people had that this is like what, how what, they you're scared, scared to, them. You're scared to death that someone's going to sniff your bread or find your bread. I, I mean, I guess if that's all you have. Yeah. But this guy, like he sniffs your door. Like, th- 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 why wouldn't he just be called a bread sniffer? I don't know. Doorway sniffer. He's he's sniffing the door for, I don't know, whatever. Maybe, oh, maybe because he comes down the street just on the yeah, door. <laughs> probably. Okay, the next one is Ket Croker. That is translated to meat hook. And he's just said to use a hook to steal meat. So Ket Croker. Yeah, he's not that excited. The meat hook man. Yeah. No, he's like that guy from, uh, oh, what's that movie that we watched? I, I, I know what you did last summer. He's got oh, the yeah, little. Yeah, the meat hook. We'll start calling him Ket Croker. And last but not least, there's one more Yule Lad that we cannot forget. Number 13. Lucky number 13. How about the. Kurtisnicker. 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 He's the candle stealer. He follows children. You need need candles at Christmas time. That's true. He follows children in order to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow, which is like a beef fat, so they were edible. Oh, so another one who's hungry. Right. They're all hungry. He has an affinity for beef fat candles. Yeah. So that's all the Yule lads. Gryla's very. What that would taste like? A beef fat candle. I mean, I like the fat on meat. I do. I eat it all day long. I guess it would just taste like beef fat. 
They just formed them into sticks and put a wick in them and used them as candles. Yeah, kind of gross. So, Shay, to wrap up this ho-ho-horror 2019, let's talk about some of our most famous and infamous favorite Christmas horror movies. There are so many of them. I've written down a few of mine. I want to hear about a few of yours as well. Well, one of them is not Krampus. Krampus is actually a terrible, terrible Christmas horror movie. I really hate it. Uh, Gremlins is up there for me. I mean, Gremlins is one of the ones that, you know, we watched as a kid and it did scare the crap out of you. And uh, I mean, you know, Gizmo was the equivalent of what Baby Yoda is today uh, at Christmas time. Very cute, very snuggly. And now... I wish. I mean, if 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 uh, Gremlins would have came out nowadays, there would be memes everywhere. Oh yeah, Gremlins is for, one that's on Gizmo. my list as well. What about the Nightmare Before Christmas? The Nightmare Before Christmas is me and Grace's ultimate, but that's both a Halloween and a Christmas movie. So one of my mm. favorite Christmas terrifying movies was a Child's Play. Mm, yeah, I was never a big fan of Child's really? Play. Really? No. No. I mean, I kind of want to see the new one because Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Does the voice. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally into seeing the new one. This isn't really a horror movie, but there's some scary parts if you were a little kid. Me and Grace usually for, for Christmas watch the whole Harry Potter trilogy. It's kind of like a Christmas tradition for us. So, Is it Christmas? I've never watched Harry Potter. No, but oh. there, I mean, there's Christmas parts in it. They have the year. I mean, they celebrate Christmas in it, but uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just something that we've always did at Christmas time was watch the Harry Potter movies. I said trilogy. It's not a trilogy. There's seven of them. Sectilogy. Is that what you would call that? A sectilogy? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about There's that There's a whole one. series of Harry Potter movies, duh. A couple of really interesting that I found that were like, <clears throat> you know, on these boards of, I like to go and, and find these, you know, kind of like a, our deranged movie, our favorite, one of our favorite terrifying movies of all time. So find kind of like these cult classic Movies And so two of them that were on the Christmas boards. Die that, Hard. No, not Die Hard that I thought were really interesting. One of them is, was from 1974 called Black Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the description of Black Christmas says getting stabbed by a unicorn head to the ghostly tune of carolers singing Silent Night is probably not how you want to spend Christmas Eve. This pre-scream holiday slasher claims its victims in a sorority house haunted by creepy phone calls, demonic noises, bodies eerily shrouded in plastic wrap, and one perverse killer whose voice alone is enough to freeze your blood. And if I'm not mistaken, they are re-releasing a new version of that one this month. Yeah, that's what you guys heard at the beginning of this episode was the trailer for Black Christmas to get you in the Christmas spirit. So there you go. Originally released in 1974. It's coming back out again, a new version. Yes, yes. Can't wait. That's probably going to be horrible, but you know, you know I don't want to I don't want to go ahead and say it's going to be horrible because it might be really good, but usually when they remake these those original horror movies, they're really not that great. There's been an exception for a few, but you know. So Shay, that wraps up Ho Ho Horror 2019. Any final thoughts at the end of the year, Shay? It's been an incredible year. We've had a lot of fun doing this podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of, you know, sad times too. We've covered a lot of stories and we've got a lot of feedback on some of these stories we covered. We covered the, you know, story of Samantha Burns and that got a lot of, you know, a lot of people's attention and a lot of people messaged us and appreciated the fact that we told Samantha's story still. And to this day, still, if anybody has any information 
regarding the whereabouts of where Samantha could be. I mean, yeah, her killers are in jail on death row for her murder, but she still hasn't been brought home. It's funny that you bring mm-hmm. Sam up because you and I had this conversation earlier in the week. I actually ran into someone this week who was in Sam's family. I've worked with this guy for quite some time now and didn't realize that he was related to Samantha. And he said something to me. I don't even know what we were talking about at work. And he says, well, my cousin disappeared. They never found her. And immediately my head snaps. He has my attention. And he said, did you ever hear of Samantha Burns? And it just rolled from there. And you and I had had some information come in towards the end of that series that we followed up on. We kind of got a dead end with it. But once that information was taken back to the family by him, it seems like there's kind of been another resurgence of interest in the case. And, you know, he he was very grateful that we had talked about Sam on the podcast. But it just goes to show you that you never know when, you know, your synchronicities align and you may say something to someone that means something. He's stealing that word. (laughs) I know, but it's a great word. And and that's literally what it is. I've worked with this guy for months and had no idea that he was related to Sam. And so, yeah, it's still an open and ongoing case. If anything comes from any of this information that we've given back to their family, you never know. You may hear more about it in 2020. But yeah, we, you know, we've covered a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of different paranormal stories we've covered true crime stories and we kind of want to you know edge towards the true crime a lot more but we're down to cover whatever and really like i've said before you guys have been a big help you've given us some you know topics to talk about and we really want to hear more from you guys and i think coming next year when we come back and start doing the podcast again we're going to incorporate a lot more people into it i think and you know, we, we want to cover a lot more of this these mysteries. We want to go further down the wormhole with some of the stuff we talked about with Connor uh, Randall. But we also want to keep bringing you these missing person stories and keeping these people in the limelight because, you know, their stories need to be told and the crimes need to be solved and they may, may still be missing and they need to be found. So we can't forget about them. So, I mean, that's all I really have to say. You know, thank you so much for all the support you've given me and Annie this year. Uh, We're excited about the birth of our child, but we're also excited that we get to keep doing this podcast for you guys and bringing it to you. And uh, we're not going to be back for a while, but we will be back. We'll be taking a hiatus. We'll keep you guys in the loop. We'll let you know what's going on. But things are definitely going to be changing up next year, and we are looking forward to that. And, I mean, keep going to iTunes, leaving us five-star reviews, tell your friends, Uh, because that's how the podcast gets out there. And we really, really do appreciate everything that everyone's done for us. So on behalf of me and Weebs, and I'm sure Deli Meats will agree with me, ParanormalWarehouse.com, we want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have fun with your families, hug each other, love each other, and always pay attention to your surroundings. Be aware, be safe, and we will see you guys soon. I promise. Oh, yeah, and one more thing. Make sure you save a turkey neck for me, Clark. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you for listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Check us out weekly on Paranormal Warehouse at ParanormalWarehouse.com, on iTunes at Serial Spirits, and on SoundCloud. Please rate and review the show. Follow us on all your social media apps. 
Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits, and on Instagram. Until next time, be aware and be safe. <laughs>